Hey everyone, welcome to Pink Shade with Erin Martin, the podcast where we talk about reality TV and we get a little bit culty. This is a special bonus episode coming at you early in the week to catch you up on Housewives. I need to talk about Housewives and I have Erin Henneke here from the Best Neighbors podcast to talk about it with me. So we go through Potomac, Orange County, and New York today to get us started for the week ahead. I'm also going to be coming at you midweek with some special 90 Day Fiance News, and I will be recapping the Before the 90 Days disaster premiere that we witnessed Sunday night. OMG, we have a lot to talk about. Until then, head over to realitytea.com and you can take a look at my premiere recap. All right, but for now, let's do Housewives and make sure to listen in at the end of the podcast because I will be announcing a special water bottle giveaway contest. It's going to be fun, it'll be easy, and anyone can win. So stay tuned. All right, let's get to Housewives. Well, I have Erin Henneke with me today to talk Housewives because she is a super fan just like us. Erin joins us from the Best Neighbors podcast, your pop culture concierge, hosted by Erin and her friend Margot. They're two Brooklyn neighbors who love to discuss movies, TV, books, theater, music, comedy, and they share your picks with you. I recently discovered this podcast. I'm obsessed. I download it as soon as it drops. I want to welcome her to the podcast. Welcome, Erin. Erin, thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, it's super fun to talk to you because as soon as I started listening to your podcast, I was like, all right, these women get it. They are talking about all of the things (laughs) we are talking about to a certain a certain kind of person, a person who is obsessed with trash TV and maybe some literary things as well, and is not embarrassed to say that all of those make a well-rounded person. Absolutely. You can see the drama in these crazy women's lives and just enjoy every second of it. Yeah, totally. So for Housewives, when did you get hooked? Like, Have you been watching this and have you been a fan since the very beginning, since the first OC, or when did you come into the game? I came in early on, early days. I think OC had started, but I came in, I think Bravo did one of their marathons, which I get now the reason why. It's a great way to catch up. I think they were three episodes in, and I started watching and was just transfixed by this because I'm going to totally show my hand and my age by saying that I loved reality TV before The Bachelor. It goes way back to a PBS series called The Loud, An American Family, The Loud Family, that was on the TV in the 70s. I didn't watch it originally, but they reran it again, I think, in the 90s. And I was transfixed by it. They just had cameras following the Southern California family around. And I watched OC and thought, this is just like that. This is amazing. And I, li- you know, I grew up in New Jersey. I lived in New York. I didn't know Southern California life at all. So it was kind of like I thought it would be. Then I watched New York and it was, I was hooked right from that, from then. I think Atlanta, did Atlanta start before New York? Cause I got into Atlanta too. I feel like Atlanta started before New York and I can't I believe, I don't know that for a fact, but I feel like it I did. think it was like yeah. a couple of months, but I think it was the same year. Right. So I've been in since the, be- pretty much the beginning. Oh my God. I love it. So have I, I've been in since the beginning and I was kind of like you, I didn't catch the first episode live of OC, but it was right when it started. I was a few, just a few episodes 
you know, it was a few episodes were behind us when they ran something on a Saturday. And I was like, what is this? This is obviously my new favorite show. This is my obsession. Yeah. So absolutely drawn in from totally me too. And then, so these days you're watching all the cities or do you have favorite cities and you kind of discard other ones? What's your favorite? First of all, I would say New York City is my favorite because yeah. I live here, yeah. um, but I can relate to it. And I, there is something about saying, oh, I know what restaurant they're in. Like, I recognize that. But I also like the personalities of New York, too. And I'm going to be a little bit embarrassed by saying, yeah, I watch all the cities. I make time for it. And Me I feel too. like I have a full-time job. I have a full life. But I do <clears throat> know how to prioritize and put, you know... <laughs> Put the most important things first. And I've watched Dallas. I've watched Potomac since the beginning. I've even watched Cheshire when they tried to sneak that in on us in like Sunday, Saturday afternoons. My DVR picked it up and I watched that stuff as well. I haven't watched that one. I watched, I haven't watched Auckland. I haven't watched Cheshire, but I did watch, what was the other Australia? Melbourne. Melbourne. I watched that one. I watched, I watched that too. Yes. Oh my God. How could you know when there's a person named Gamble? I you know. gotta watch it. I know. And I love just trying to figure out what they were saying. Cause I'm such a like stupid American watching it. I was like, where are the subtitles? Because some of their I accents, know, the were, accents so were crazy. Loved but it. Cheshire is good because it's all like crazy footballers wives. Yes. So they do, they have real money. Oh my God. I got to get into that one. I wonder if I can just find it on demand somewhere. I will do that. Might be. But so you're one of the few who watches Real Housewives of Potomac. And that's the first show we're going to talk about today because I'm feeling like this season three is really doing a bang up job of keeping, at least keeping us entertained. When you think of all the franchises, they're the ones that went to Cannes. They went to France and they had three episodes there. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. They had a, they had beautiful accommodations. The women are clothed beautifully. Like if we're watching it for, you know, the it factor, we want to see the glam. We want to see their clothes. We want to see gorgeous houses, gorgeous hotels. Potomac is bringing all of that this year. Absolutely. And I think the the crew of women on Potomac, they're so, they're very different. But I have to say as a cast, they're all gorgeous. They're all stunning. Giselle, I think may be my number one housewife right now. I think she's just my favorite. She's so fun. I just love her. You know, she's so clever and, and her quips are great. And then Karen Huger for just drama, drama and comedy is the best. Karen Huger. Karen Huger. What is going on with her? Let's talk about the episode. We're going to do, we're going to do Potomac. Absolutely. Then we're going to do OC. Then we're going to do New York. But let's start again with Potomac. Okay. So this week they are back from Cannes, Con, whatever we want to say. And everyone is side eyeing Karen Huger's web of lies. I mean, Basically, the whole world is calling her out for not living in her Great Falls mansion. What do you think is going on here? Have you done any deep diving or do you just have a gut feeling about this? Like, is she lying? I think she's lying. But the funny thing is, is that Karen Huger is not that bothered because she's too busy setting play, a place setting for six people <laughs> and no one showing up and sitting there by herself drinking champagne. <laughs> but I love that this woman's assistant works somewhere else. Like when she wants to talk to Matt, she's got to go to his office and be like, hey, look, I need you to do this for me. Okay, <laughs> he's this is working. Like, this is a, not for you, Karen. He's, he's like at Starbucks. Right. Who who the F is Matt? Who is this guy? I love when they and did they the shady. No, the shady editing. Oh, my shady. God. So I love good. It, the, the question mark with the timeline of how long they've known each other. But I, I get she's lying, but I don't understand that. 
So how is she getting into this huge house? Because the editors and the cameramen are picking up everything. And I don't know if you noticed this week, she went to get, I don't know, placemats out of a drawer. Nothing else was in there. Not a thing. Not like, not like you live when you live in the home. Like my drawers are filled with like sixth grade papers that I had, you know, like it's, it doesn't look lived in. It's ginormous. She's always there by herself drinking champagne. And then it looks like the minute the cameras go down, she gets in her car and goes wherever. Or like jumps the fence and leaves. It looks like she broke in there. Maybe she's house sitting. Oh my God. Well, it. it was a rental. It was a rental at first. I mean, she did admit it was a rental, correct? That was last season. She, when she did admit that. Like rental maybe with like a lease option to buy, but he's having, tra- her husband's having tra- tax issues. They, this was supposed to be a downsize and it's a bigger house. Great Falls is not cheap. It's still kind of like in the, you know, the Beltway area kind of of DC, but it makes no sense. If she's living in a townhouse, which the rumor mill says she is, is she living there with Ray? I don't know. I don't yeah. know what's going on. What do you think? I, I think the same as you. I think she does not live there. I thought I was cracking up. I mean, I was out loud laughing when she was opening those drawers. Yeah. And there would be like four placemats. In Nothing. It. Yeah. And then she was sitting down. She was, they showed her carefully wrapping the napkins, putting them on each placemat. And it really did look like Pier One decor, which no shade. I love Pier One. But at her level of house and her level that she boasts of having of money, it's like, oh my God, lady, what is this? It looked like a staged house. There's exactly. One picture frame. And you know what else is not in that house ever? Ray. Exactly. Anybody else? Any other human that we know of? No. Camera crew. Is it even Matt hasn't stepped foot in that house, has he? We've only seen him at like weird back halls or dining room. He's never in the house. Or press conferences that are not conferences <laughs> nor press. <laughs> she's never in but the she's house. fascinating to watch. She is so great. I love her. I love her. That wig shift this year was everything I needed that I didn't know I needed. It was the best. I love how unbothered she is and that she's just a bold faced liar and she just owns it. It is. And she can laugh at herself. I give her that. She can laugh at herself. So she's got that going for her, which she's going to need with this crew too, because Giselle's not letting anything get by. No, Giselle and Robin and Ashley actually dress up in these whack job costumes to go (gasps) deliver a pizza. What? Was Ashley, what was on Ashley's head? What was that supposed to be? Supposed to be Wolverine or something? <laughs> yeah. She was dressed up as Wolverine. Robin has a full mustache and beard on. Like hipster, hipster long beard that kind of drags in your food when the waiter brings your food to you. Oh my God. And, and Giselle and has Giselle, some crazy ass thing on, but it's not nearly yeah. as bad as theirs. Giselle looked like Wilona from Good Times. I yes. mean, it was just like full on like costume <laughs> shop costumes. But I loved every second of it. And that's how they, like, that's how this episode ended. Like, we see them going, we see them ringing the bell, and that's where it's like, to be continued. I know. I So I would say, you guys that are listening and still not on board with Potomac, wait for one of these marathon days and just kind of blast through it. You know, just DVR them all and blast through it. There are some really funny moments. That moment with the mime a couple of weeks ago where they were like, oh, hell, oh, hell no. Oh, get, I was dying. Dying. Or just when Karen's telling, you know, Robin that it takes, you have to have millions to owe millions. And Giselle's like, but you have no millions to pay <laughs> off your tax debt. I mean, she's got the best lines. She's so quick. She does. Do you think Giselle's kind of evil though? Or no? Yeah. 
You do. Okay. Yeah, I do too. I think she's a little evil, but in a way that's really great to watch. I don't mind it. Some people absolutely hate Giselle. And I'm like, I don't think she's hateable. I think she's just kind of like fun evil. Good TV. She's good TV. She knows she's good TV. And so I'm hoping she doesn't jump the shark like we've seen some housewives do. Like Dorinda is really teetering on that line this year. We'll get to her, but she's... She's someone who now knows she makes good TV and it is falling apart. Oh, we will definitely get to her. Okay. Okay. Let's go to OC first. OC this week was the Mexico trip. Back to Andales. Back to Andales. Vicky and uh, Tamara come down to meet Shannon, who sends her girls off, and she is down there as as per David's, I guess, divorce, not settlement yet, where he, whim, she's like, I guess. Yeah, whim. She, she's there on the kindness of her soon-to-be ex-husband, and she's telling people, it's so funny how she's announcing, this is the lifestyle to which I've become accustomed. Like she's, Do you know, he's trying to get her to drop the door. He doesn't want her using her married name. He is so disgusting, and he has He's dead, evil pig. eyes. You know, when he was eating those potato chips in front of her when she was in supposed to be face. dieting, I thought, that's grounds for divorce right there for me. Seriously, yeah. The, the affair is, like, at, slightly after that. Exactly. The, the potato chip eating in your face while you're dieting is the worst. He's the worst. And him doing his monkey bars out back. I was just like, I hate, I hate you. And some people say, Oh, Shannon drove him crazy. She actually, you know, she's psychotic. Okay. Yes. She is shrill. She did. She was insane and she probably still is, but he is sinister. He has, he has mean eyes. He does have evil eyes. And I also think he's been with her for 20 years. You know what she's like. I guarantee you Shannon's a lot as a wife or a friend. As like, you know, Tamara is singing too, that, you know, she calls her all the time and stuff. She's a lot. But I think Shannon is so without malice. She's not like, she's really, I really like her. You know, when she's up, when she's down, I kind of like Shannon. I feel, find her very relatable, even with all her quirks and her eccentricities and stuff. But I do too. I really, I, I have never been a Shannon hater. The only thing that drove me crazy was how she was trying to make this marriage work and it was blowing up in her face. And I really yeah. just wanted it to end for her, you know, just so she could move on. So I actually really enjoyed seeing these three amigos back in Mexico. Finally. Acting Everyone's like total along, assholes. Yes. Whooping it, just, it up. I mean, how, oh, how awful does Andale's look like? That looked oh. like my idea of hell. Yeah, it looks like the kind of place where you'd put your hand down on the bar and you would never be able to get it back up. Like it would just be just adhered to whatever you stuck it in. And is that the thing that when you do a tequila shot, some woman comes up behind you and grabs your boobs? Is that like a thing in Mexico? I don't know. Uh, apparently, it on delays it is. And they also blow a whistle in your ear while they're doing it. Yeah. It's like the worst. It's, the, it's the thing of nightmares. <laughs> yes. Exactly. But the fact, could you, I mean, just picture though, last year, Lydia, Peggy, and Megan King Edmonds. Picture them at this bar. Nope. And what a nightmare. They did, they did right this year by like letting them go because they, no. Exactly. Nope. You got to cut off the baggage. You got to keep the craziest bitches. And then they added these two on, you know, which is fine with me, but I cracked my ass up how they were like going back and forth between them taking 15 shots, falling down, their boobs popping out, people blowing whistles. <laughs> and then they would cut to like stroller strides workout. Yeah. I don't know enough about these two new women yet, but what I saw, I was just like, I'm not here for that. Get back to Andalus. <laughs> Everyone was Get saying that. Get back to that. it up. I'm not here for stroller strides. Sorry. Have you? Okay. Can I tell you? Stroller strides tried to get me. I mean, I had a newborn, and I, of course, I joined the mom and baby class because I had. 
I had no friends who had babies at the time. My husband was working. So I'm like, okay, I'll go to the mom and baby class, you know, just barely with just gross clothes on. And these stroller strides bitches came in one day and they were talking to the wrong group of postpartum moms because they were, they were all in their workout gear. They had their babies with them. One of them was like nine months pregnant, totally fit from head to toe. And we had all just had babies like less than a month ago because it was all people from the hospital who had babies at the same time. We all joined together to cry. You know, that's basically what we did yeah. every day. But I see for the social aspect, yeah. absolutely. That's the right incentive to go. But we were like sitting there just wanting to learn how to, you know, cope with having a baby. And they're like, but don't you want to work out too? I mean, it's it's never, you know, it's never the wrong time to get your body back, ladies. And I was like... I hate you stroller strides, bitches. I remember thinking like like these women are evil. Yeah. But I'm sure they're lovely, lovely people. Any listeners out there who do it or who are a coach in that, I'm sure you're lovely. But at that moment in time, I would have killed anyone who who talked to me about my body. So when when I saw those scenes, I was like triggered in a weird way that I hadn't thought about in eight years. I was like, (laughs) what the, I was like, oh my God, it's stroller strides. So I can't go back there. No, don't make me, don't make me look at this. (laughs) So that's why I loved Emily, though, how she was just like, she has my workout ethic, pretty much. Yeah. She was there for the social aspect. Yeah. I don't blame her. Yeah. And she's like, this is hard. And my kids are out of control. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, working out with a kid who's a little bit older and a toddler and then working out with several, that's really rough. Like, I don't know that that's enjoyable for anyone. And they seem like, these two new ladies seem like they, they like to have a good time. I bet you they like a glass of wine. And I bet you they'll be whooping up girls, too. I think so, too. I think Gina and Emily are potentially good additions. However, here's what is rubbing me the wrong way about Gina so far. It's not her. It's not her personality. I like that there's a Long Island girl on the OC. I think that's an interesting dynamic, and I think she seems pretty, like, again, she has potential. I heard, but we know that her husband, she's divorcing. She filed for divorce before they even started, um, the, before the season even started airing. So it's this huge, you know, dramatic irony hanging over the whole season. And then also, I heard just this week, he never films the entire season. We never At see, all. never. never. What the hell? That, I'm so mad about uh, that. Hmm. I mean, yeah, we don't know the backstory that could have been part of it. And, like, I think a lot of these guys like giving their wives this job to do because then it allows them to either Kelsey Grammer their way out of the marriage, you know. This is a Kelsey Grammer situation, but at a much lower level. Yes. But every woman commented on it. Everyone said, oh, I met Gina. That's weird. Her husband works in L.A. and he's up there. That's weird. Like, they didn't get past any of them. No, of course. Everybody thinks it's weird. And then she's sort of defending it, but has quickly stopped doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Even in the second episode. So anyway, I don't know. She has potential for me. But, okay, so back to back to Mexico, because that's where the fun was happening. Oh, so yeah. Tamara breaks her foot in the hot tub. She also rubs her vag all over the window. Did you catch oh. that? Oh, I don't think I saw the vag rubbing. When did that happen? She Before was, or after she jumped in the hot tub? It was it was in between jumps. It was right before she broke her foot. She was like rubbing it on the window so Vicky would look at her. She was like, here you Oh, that's foot. right. That's yeah. what she was doing. I yeah. have to say, she's 51, 50, 51, has had four kids. If I had a body like that, I'd be running around Mexico naked too. I'd be naked in Costco. I mean, Me I'd be too. like. I, I would go everywhere. Right. I just, she looks amazing. I mean, wearing the Kim Kardashian naked tank top. Did you see that picture this week? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd be I wearing that too. and the naked bottoms. I, but Shannon is is more of what I'm sporting probably yes. on the regular, which is like full spanks with a pee, yep, I can with relate. a pee hole cut out. 
Did you notice that? Yes. <laughs> oh, Shannon. <laughs> I was like, Shannon's a genius. I never thought of cutting a pee hole out of my thing. She's so smart. But you know what? I would have been, I would have been the opposite because I would have been like, you know what? I'm here with my girlfriends down here. Who the hell is going to see me? Spanx, forget it. So I give her credit for sticking with it. She's on camera. She's so funny. She's got, she's got like the double Spanx bra under. She's got the full, yeah. it was like a chastity situation. Yeah. The full armor. But you know what? I think Shannon's beautiful, thin, slightly curvier. Same. At any weight, I think she's really beautiful. I just feel bad that she's beating herself up so much. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, Shannon, just love yourself. Thank you for saying that because I actually, I mentioned that on the Jenny McCarthy show when we were talking about Shannon this week. I said, I really am feeling, I don't know what the right word is. I just, I don't like how Shannon is calling herself fat and I don't like it for many reasons and we don't, I don't need to go into a full dissertation about it, but first of all, she's not fat. And it's also, it's also a word that, you know, you start calling yourself and it's a mean, it's being mean to yourself and it's untrue and it also I think alienates other people who are struggling and who are maybe struggling with many more pounds than you you know so exactly it's just bullshit I'm like Shannon you look fabulous you're gorgeous yeah just gorgeous and you have three girls that you have to be a role model for and I know that Tamara wants to help her but Tamara's got that fitness trainer bodybuilding competition side to her where she's always like okay well you got to do this and you can't eat this and you got to do that and I appreciate that she's trying to be a good friend and help her friend. But I think if you follow Shannon's Instagram, she is walking that dog every she day. She's is. working out. And it's like not everyone's going to work out like Tamara does. Shannon, you do you and you're good. You're I know. good enough. I know. I do like that at least they all put their whatever body issues aside momentarily and just got crazy, crazy drunk. And that they did. Okay. Yes, they got hurt. They fell down at an airport. Tamara broke her yeah. foot, but they didn't scream at each other at any point. And that's what I was kind of waiting no. for. I was like, Oh shit, is this going to, this is going to get really ugly at some point. And it never did. So I was really happy about that. It never got maudlin. If there was tears, it was Shannon saying to Vicky, I'm so glad you're back in my life. And my kids were so happy you were coming down here. And that's what, when I watch that, I'm like, here we, here are the girls. The gangs are all back together. Like, thank God. Everyone's happy and getting along again. And yeah, no one's yeah. talking about a man with a cancer scam. Exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> Even if it's for one episode. And I mean, we, yeah. we, have we not suffered enough? I mean, we made it through last yeah. season. So we deserve like a stupid episode like this. Absolutely. Exactly. And I think judging from what people say, I think like Kelly Dodd said it on Watch What Happens Live, that this season is like pretty free of acrimony. It's like, except, you know, she gets, gives out to Vicky for setting her ex-husband up on a date and double dating with him. But she said this episode's the fun one. We're really funny this season. So I think they just have a lot of good times. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what I want to see. I want to see more yeah. of that. Of course, we want to see a little fighting. And we're already seeing fighting with Kelly and with Vicky. Who? Yep. Who is at fault here? Do you think Kelly is overreacting or do you think Vicky is just a piece of shit? <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think more I'm on Kelly's side. Me if too. I had to pick a side. Me too. But here's the thing that Vicky's missing out. And I think Vicky cannot get along. It's tough for Vicky to get along with everybody. She's though if she's getting along with one friend then she's fighting with another. And I think with her, she's not getting why Kelly's upset. Kelly isn't that upset about Michael. She's upset that her friend went behind her back and didn't tell her. Exactly. So broke the girl code. Whereas I really, she said in the last episode, like, I hope Michael finds a girlfriend. I don't think she has any problem with him moving on because she definitely is over him. But she's hurt that Vicky, her supposed friend, didn't tell her 
that she did that. Right. And, and that's it, the problem. How does Vicky, of all people, not understand this? Vicky, who was posting comments on her son-in-law's Instagram. About Don. About Don. So she's jealous of her own children seeing her ex-husband. Yet she doesn't understand why Kelly is jealous about her friend, see, like, seeing her ex-husband in, like, a friendly way. It's not... It's not okay. I know there are different things, and I know there's different emotions involved, but it really, it, it does feel like a betrayal in that sense. Vicky has gone crazy on social media for way less. Absolutely, and yet her yelling back at Kelly, I mean, I don't have to put up with this, this is bullshit, and calling everybody, she doesn't get it. She doesn't get why Kelly's upset. Instead of saying to her, you know, what, is, what about this equation is making you the most upset, Kelly? Let me know. We're <laughs> talking to her like a human, but then Vicki Gunvalson isn't just any human. No, no. She's kind of the worst, but that makes her kind of the best to watch. <laughs> she would never. Could you imagine Vicki ever saying, now tell me why you're no. upset. Explain this to me. I mean, no. her pulling out those Bible verses was pretty, pretty um, entertaining to me, though. And her sweating, like, from her nose. I mean, homegirl was sweating from head to toe in those ostrich feathers, reading from Deuteronomy. Well, that's she decided to dress like Brianna of Tarth to show up to <laughs> crash their dinner to apologize to Eddie. I don't even know if that's the right name, but the Game of Thrones reference yes, nonetheless. Yes. But she looked like it's like they're in t shirts and she shows up in this crazy pelt that no wonder. I don't know why she thought that would be a good idea, but she did. And to pull from Deuteronomy, that's wow. Yeah. That's an interesting book to choose from. That's a deep dive, right? That's the one that yeah. all the serial killers quote. I just yeah. want to point out. In every movie you've ever seen, those verses come from Deuteronomy. So <clears throat> well, anyway. I think Vicky and serial killers have a lot of compartmentalization right. issues going right. on. So, Oh, my God. You know what just, image just popped into my head? This is completely what? random. Animal from the Muppets. That's the jacket Vicky yes. was wearing. Because it was like kind of feathers. Feathery. But, but kind furry. of fur. Yeah. yeah it was Feathery nothing fur. like I've ever seen. Oh, my God. Okay. So, well, I'm in for the OC. I'm watching it. I'm I am too. pleasantly surprised. I don't think we got much, but I'm, I'm on board because we've had a couple of seasons where... People are just fighting on a dark bus in Ireland, and it's like, all right, we need a little light. We Seriously, need and after last year with Lydia and the prayer circles and shit like that, I'm done. Oh, I cannot. I cannot. I I'm mean, so glad no. she's gone. I cannot take her and her crazy orangutan arms. I just can't take it. <laughs> one of those slap. She, one of those slap hands that you could throw against the wall. That's yeah. She yeah. does. Somebody recalled her. I don't know. It was like in some, and it might have been your recap, Erin. I might be quoting you back to you. <laughs> But when she does that with her arms, she looks like those blow-up things that they have at car washes. Uh, yes, those exactly. like things outside the car Twenty percent off. Like. Totally. Oh my so, god. Totally. Good riddance to her. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Okay, so let's yes. talk our favorite New York. <laughs> so this week was well, la last week. This past episode was the boat trip from hell that was teased <sighs> so much that by the time we saw it. I felt like I had season. seen every scene already. I mean, what Pretty did you much. think? What did you think ultimately when it was finally upon you, the boat trip? I mean, did did it did it surpass your expectations? Did it meet them, or what? Did it way undershoot? I thought it. Well, on one hand, I thought it was a little underwhelming because yeah. we have been teased this so much, and so I mean, it was a news story before we even knew. Like it was when it happened last winter. It was reported in all the trade in the you know gossip rags, so right. we knew it was coming. It sounded bad, but I, I thought because it was going so late into the episode 
that I thought, oh no, Bravo's going to tease us out into another episode again. That's really making me mad. But the fact that we had it and they did the whole thing in its entirety, largely because they didn't have enough footage because they had to put the cameras away because it was dangerous. Um, it was interesting to watch, but yes, it had to be underwhelming because they had talked it up so much like it was going to be, you know, Titanic all over again. Exactly. I think we're partly to blame and stick with me listeners because I'm not blaming us, uh, you know, like for, for it being a bad episode. I just think like we were all so hyped up. So actually, you know what? No, let's not blame us. Let's blame, blame Bravo for teasing it so much. Yeah. It's like going to see a movie. It's like going to see La La Land after everyone you know tells you it's going to change your life and it's the best thing you've ever seen. And you see it and you're like, all right, it was a musical. I mean, so That's nice. It's, but, the, yeah. it's, it's that kind of hype that ultimately you can't, they could never have delivered what we were hyped up for exactly. is how I felt. One thing I just thought about, I watched it twice, and I want to ask you your thoughts on this. They said they were on that little, they take the boat out to the little island, and they're kind of all dreading it because a lot of them are fighting, and we still haven't, like, made peace from the two fights. The dual fight at one table last week, which was insane. That was incredible. But then they get there, and the women, the woman who's like the margarita or whatever, she's like, we have to get back on the boat. The sea gets choppy this time of day. It gets really rough this time of day. So they know that the ocean gets that way every day. They made them come back at that time. That was, okay, thank you. You know what I mean? I was like, what the hell? And the fact that Luann had to leave her cell phone behind, I mean. Yeah, they were like, go, go now. You have to get on the boat. We'll find it later. That doesn't seem like an everyday occurrence. You'd be able to plan for that. It wasn't a storm. It wasn't anything extra. It was just like, yeah, this happens all the time. It was a sunny day. Right. And, all, and it was just like they said we had to get back in the boat because the sea kicks up this time every day or something like that. And I was like, that's weird. Because I'm like, yeah, they're making them get on the boat at like 3 o'clock. They, they thought they were going to be staying there the whole day. Like, it just felt like they knew that the ocean gets choppy and they thought maybe they'd get some drama out of it. Well, you know, that could be. Also, though, would they have really rented this janky boat? Yeah. I mean... Because, okay, no life vest. Evolution, is it Evolution that does this show? Evolution Media? I don't know. Anyway, Shed Media. Media. Yeah, the production company who, you know, really has to have everyone sign waivers, and I'm sure they have safety issues. They let all of these people get on a boat with no life vest, no lifeboats, uh, the condition of the boat being such that they, you know, the anchor had to be cut. I mean, that seems super sketch. That seems like. Something that wouldn't even happen to me as a tourist in Costa Rica this year. You know what I mean? Like, let alone people who are on a TV show filming you. It was very sketchy. It was. And the time of day that I was just like, well, why are they rushing them? They're having, and they all seem like, oh, God, we have to go. I thought they were there for this, like, luxurious day. They were finally starting to lighten up. And I was just like, that seems a little weird to me. Yeah. So I wonder if they did it intentionally. They, you know what? I think this is an interesting theory. And because here is, oh, let's, let's, let's add on to this theory because the housewives are super pissed about this. They were really pissed after it happened. Oh, yeah. I wonder if they were pissed because they found out there was something nefarious going on that they were put in harm's way because they were talking about lawsuits and things like that. Exactly. Cause we were worried for a split second that we wouldn't see this footage because if there were lawsuits, then there's no way that they would air this footage. Mm. 
Oh my gosh, I like this theory. You know what? Let's let's spend m- the majority of our free time in the next couple of weeks researching. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Work, family, friends, forget it. It's all going to be about this. I, I- I'm thinking so much that I'm doing what I should never do on a podcast. I'm just sitting here silently because I'm deep in thought now. But seriously, it's Aaron. just a weird timing because it felt so jarring because they were having such a nice day and that place was beautiful and they were finally starting to like let their guards down. And then I'm like, oh, hustled up into the boat. I'm like, that's weird. I wonder if they are doing that because like if it kicks up every time that day and they're there, wait it out, wait until dinner time and then go back exactly. when it's calmer. Exactly. It just they, seemed kind of weird. They didn't have plans that night for filming even. It did seem no. like, I mean, okay, this is okay. This is too good. We're going to think about this more. So it's a little weird. It is it's very weird. weird. So let's, let's backtrack to the Luian and Dorinda argument. Oh yes. Who is the actual drunk? Who has the bigger problem? I don't think it matters. I think the real issue here is that Dorinda um, is completely. She's a she's a, she's a mess. She I love she's a Dorinda. Total train wreck. What has happened to her? I do too, but I see that she is stuck in a life that she had with her husband. Yeah. She can't move on. She's dating this sebaceous cyst of a man, this sweaty dry cleaner. She doesn't like him. She doesn't want to have sex with him. But he's there because she cannot be alone. Her daughter's moved out. Life is moving on around her, and she's not willing to accept it because this is not the life. And she said that when she talked about when Bethany called her on the Puerto Rico thing. She did. She said, this is not where I thought I would be. This is not the life I thought I'd be living. And I think she doesn't feel – I think when she drinks – her true feelings do come out. So she feels that way about Luann. She felt that way about Bethany in Puerto Rico and Mexico last year too, but she doesn't have the self awareness to think, God, this keeps happening. And I keep getting in fights with my friends and I keep insulting them and they're mad at me. And I stab myself in the hand in Mexico. Seriously. It doesn't occur to her. It's completely, she thinks Lou should apologize. That's bonkers. It's crazy. And for, you know, okay, maybe Luann was projecting. I don't really think so. I I don't think so either. I think Luann was saying to her, she said, how are the margaritas? That was the first thing she said. And Dorinda said, don't start with me. And then Luann said, oh, she's starting to turn. It was because. it. Yeah. So that's all she said. What the hell? I mean, Dorinda is the one who lashed out, kind of assuming Luann was shading her for drinking. All she said were, how are the margaritas? And she went, she goes from zero to 60 in like a millisecond. Oh my God, it's scary. And got so nasty and brought up her mugshot and said, drink up some more, honey. We get another felony. At least I don't have a mugshot. Got so nasty. And she brings up the Countess thing a lot, that she still uses her title. I think Dorinda really resents that. And I think the resentment that she has. Also, I think, let's just say it, Luann is really resilient. Whatever you want to say about Countess Luann, phony, whatever, she is the most forgiving and she is resilient. Like, you know, she falls in a bush in Mexico and gets back up. She married and divorced someone between seasons. I mean, she has had, and she's gotten, she got arrested. She's now rehab again. I mean, She's she's falling apart, and she's still not acting out toward the women to the degree right. that Dorinda is. So, like, I'm not saying, yeah, Luanne does not have her shit together. She does not have her no, life together right now. She needs to get her, her life together. But she's not but being mean toward the women. No, exactly. She's doing the opposite of Dorinda. And I will give Luanne this. Unlike Teresa Giudice, or whatever, however she's pronouncing her name now, <laughs> in Jersey, Luanne's owning it. 
every she week is. she's like, well, I didn't think I'd be arrested. And well, I got to plan this cabaret show. I didn't think I'd go to jail. Like she's owning it. She is saying, I got to go to rehab. I got to do all this stuff. I'm, I'm self-medicating all that. She owns it. And right. I give her credit for that because I always thought she was kind of a phony and just kind of, you know, full of BS. But this season, Lou is growing on me because I feel like she's so vulnerable. She is growing on me too. And I mean, her admitting that, that, you know, Tom moving on so quickly really did hurt her and that she really did make a mistake and she had her blinders on. I just feel like that, okay, so you don't have to open up all your wounds on TV and show us every dirty thing going on and every hurtful thing, but that is what makes viewers really rally around someone and say, okay, we want to see more of you and we're rooting for you. You know, even yeah, if you're making you terrible mistakes, but then Dorinda, and when Dorinda was going mm-hmm. at her, I felt for her so badly when Dorinda was going after her. I did her. too. I did too. Mm. And Dorinda, what, what is really going on here? Cause she lashes out so hardcore as Sonia about being a Morgan. She lashes out at Luann about being a countess. She lashes out at Bethany about her skinny girl stuff and always be, you know, being a know-it-all. She lashes out at everyone, but it's like they're, they're mirrors of what she can't solve in herself. Exactly. You know, it's like physician heal thyself. Right. I think she can't stand what she resents about Bethany is that Bethany, Bethany started from nothing and built this huge brand and is on her own and taking care of her daughter and is making a ton of money and is successful. I think what Dorinda resents about Sonia is that Sonia gives zero Fs and she just goes on with her life as gray gardens as it may be, right. and enjoys it. And I think Dorinda resents that and wishes she could be a little more like that. I haven't figured out what she resents about Luann. I think she resents that she uses the Countess name and stuff like that. Yeah, she but, thinks she's phony. And Dorinda, you know, really got a reputation, especially last season, for being kind of a funny drunk with her whole clip, clip. But she was really being mean to Sonia in a lot of those yeah. moments. And I think she's trying way too hard to come up with the funny soundbite, the funny saying, the phrase. She's trying to be Bethany, and she's just not as clever or as funny. She's marketing all of her sayings. And I feel like once you start to market your own sayings, like, it's not going to work out for you, honey. You know, it's just not going to work out. It was funny at first, but then it's almost like you need someone else to market those for you. Someone else needs to toot your horn. When you start tooting it yourself, it it becomes obnoxious. It's like telling a funny story about like, oh, listen to this funny thing I said. It's not funny. It's like when somebody else tells it, it's better. But like, I made it nice was so great because it was natural. And in the moment, she wasn't planning on it. And then these testimonials, which what is up with her testimonial looks, by the way? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Because they're a little kooky. I mean, Sonia's are crazy too. But this episode really showed, it really displayed perfectly of Dorinda, mean drunk, Sonia, fun drunk. Right, right. Like Sonia's like mooning them when they're swimming, and she's got the tag hanging off her bathing suit. I love. I I don't. I don't. I can't quit Sonia. I never can quit no, Sonia. I, I love her. Our birthdays are one day apart. I relate to her. I feel like if if I had her life, that could be me. I could be laying in tarps. I could be mourning the loss of my rich husband. I don't know. I just relate to her on some level, which makes me feel very scared for myself. And I'm glad we're not in a sliding doors universe where, where I am doing that. But she's I without guile. She's not mean. Yeah, she's she just never doesn't. Mean. Yeah, and she's resilient in a different way. You could say that she's yeah. not because she's stuck, but she. But you're right. She doesn't give any fucks about it. She's just like, At well, all. you know what? I'm kind of. A, she'll be like, do I smell like mothballs? You know, like I. To a guy that she might want to date. Who doesn't I mean, love that? I, it's like I heart you. 
Because you're fucking crazy. How could you not? She's yeah. great. I love her. I want to ask you this, though. What are your thoughts on Ramona? Ramona was so quiet. Ramona is being strangely quiet. She's being strangely subdued. It almost... It feels like when you're when your little puppy is quiet, you get scared and you look for them more because you know yep. that they're destroying something, something in the next room. I'm like, what kind of plan is Ramona hatching? I wonder because Sonia's trying to comfort her on the boat when they think they're going to die. And Ramona's just like, hey, you guys, I don't swim, which I thought was an interesting revelation. Right. And then she was kind of laughing as Sonia's trying to hang on to her. Trying to look like it's comforting her, but Sonia's the one freaking out. Yeah, usually Ramona would be the one up screaming at the crew. Oh like, my god, she'd fire them all. She'd fire them all. She'd be throwing them overboard and using them as their bodies as flotation devices. I mean, I joked in my when my recap that I wrote that if there was one life vest, Ramona would have that life vest. Like, but she wasn't oh, really acting like that. You know, she was. No. She was sort of just like chilling. I'm like, is she just on heavy, heavy medication because of her foot? I thought so too. I wondered that, and I thought it was hilarious when last week. She tried to get the guy to help her unpack like she always does. And he just walked right out of the room. He was like, yes, yes. And he walked right out of the room. I know. I think she really is on some kind of sedatives for, from her foot. She has to be. She's acting like the Ramona who I don't know. And her kind of taking it as a, as a joke and laughing off the whole crab on her chest thing that Luann did, which was hilarious, was also a revelation. I was like, yeah. Ramona's not cutting anyone. She's not. She threw a glass at Kristen Takeman. a glass Taekman. at Kristen Takeman, exactly. Who, who splashed her and exactly. Luann put a dead a crab on her chest and she was like oh that was funny Lou I'm like who is this Ramona and That's what did a, you I do with the old her. one exactly check her hotel room for pods from outer space because seriously. she's acting very weird seriously okay we have to talk lastly about Carol versus Bethany because this is a oh, conversation that is almost becoming like the election I mean it really is the teams are being formed People are being unfriended on Facebook, you know, in, in the, on the pink shade Facebook group page, I want you guys to know that all opinions are welcome. I can definitely be team Bethany most of the time, but I do understand both sides in this more than yes. like, I'm not team anyone right now. I feel like I'm more annoyed with Carol, but that's just probably yes. because I tend to gravitate toward Bethany, even though she's, she is a nightmare. I don't, I don't oh. know why. So tell me your thoughts, though. What do you think is going on, and who do you identify with more? I think you put it perfectly when you said, like, you can't really be team anyone. I would say, because it's hard to pick a side in a fight over nothing. nothing. It's not a fight like nobody stole anybody's It's like a Seinfeld boyfriend. episode. It's about nothing. Exactly. It's about nothing. And it's like, you know what? Bethany's a lot, I bet. And I bet Carol kind of got tired of her. And I think they just are kind of having a natural kind of ebb, ebb and flow in their, you know, in their friendship. But I think Bethany is so emotionally fragile and has issues with being left behind or not cared for because of her parents, the way she grew up yep. and her divorce with Jason and everything like that. I think she feels when she gets tight with somebody, she gets tight. And then if they kind of turn That's their it. attention to somebody else, say Tinsley, which makes perfect sense because Tinsley is light and airy, and I can see why Carol would want to be around that as a kind of, you know, antidote to Bethany's weight, even though Bethany is the skinniest woman known to man. Right, but her, her just, friendship yeah. carries a lot of weight. She's tough. 
She's tough. And, and I think, you know, Carol may be going through a tough time and can't handle having a tough friend, you know, because when she was with Adam and maybe she was a little bit happier and feeling lighter in her life, she could handle a tough friend. And now that she is in a tough spot and feeling vulnerable, she needs a light friend. I think you have, there's something to that. Do you think that Bethany, I mean, I know we've seen Bethany, some of Bethany's friends over the years. Don't you think being girlfriends with Bethany would be like, it's all about Bethany all the time. Absolutely. I said it, I've said it a million times. I don't even think I could be in an elevator with Bethany without actually urine coming out. I mean, I would be scared because she is intimidating. And as much as I love her on the show, I want nothing to do with anyone like that in real life. You don't let let me be clear that that is not the kind of friend I look for. I don't think any of us truly do because it, yeah, she sucks all the air out of the room. I think it would be a constant criticism and, you know, I'm not a highly sensitive person, but I'm, I'm a human and I can imagine being just destroyed verbally by her over something that I wasn't expecting. Carol seemed to tough it out for a while without saying too much. And I think that was her downfall. Like, I think she should have been more real with Bethany because what's making me upset about Carol is that Carol is doing the stupid guy thing who breaks up with you and doesn't tell you why. You know, yeah. and it's like, ghost you. Up. Tell me why. Yeah, you can't ghost me. Like, we were in a relationship for three years. Tell me what's really upset. And Bethany has no relationship skills to speak of. And for her, I think a friendship is much more important. She lets very few people into that inner circle. So losing Carol is, is more painful and more baffling to her than for Carol losing Bethany. And, and so, I think a relationship with her is like, with Bethany, is like the mafia. You don't leave willingly and go and get no. a, like, severance she, package. Carol's you the main man. There. Yeah, that's it. You're and, in her, and that's that's it. It is the mafia. Very few people are made men in Bethany's world. Yeah. And once you are, it's like, well, you don't, yeah, you go out when someone shoots you in the back of the head or, you know, right. and <laughs> and nobody, you go to jail. Nobody fades away. It's incinerated. That's it's how incinerated. it ends. incinerated. It goes up in flames and that's it. But isn't this like, you know, in love relationships too, it's very hard to break up with someone when nothing happens to break yeah. you up. And this is why so many people break up over an affair or over something really, you know, I found out you're financially cheating or something. There has to be a catalyst. Even even though the marriage was probably experiencing major trouble before that, you couldn't put your finger on one thing and say, that is what's breaking us up. Right. And so Carol is, tr- is trying to break up with her without an event breaking them up. And I don't think Bethany having had the traumatic past she has had understands that either. Cause she also does that thing. Cause I think at first when they first started having issues, I think they were just getting on each other's nerves. I totally. think Carol was just wanted to do something else and wanted to be around Tinsley. Who's light and airy and fun and just frivolous. But I also think that like when they were doing that murder mystery weekend in, uh, at Dorinda's and the Berkshires, Carol was the one like saying, Bethany, what's going on? What is up with you? And then even, you know, came in to kind of talk to other girls in the bedrooms, like what's going on, what's happening. And Bethany was like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're really scaring me, Carol. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't have to like it. So kind of making Carol feel like she was crazy. You're right. So then I think Carol retreated and was just like, uh uh-uh, uh, that's not the way I'm gonna play it. What's gonna get to her is if I act indifferent yes. towards her. And it's like working. I couldn't it's give a shit. And that will get her worse than if I yelled in her face. Because that's what she wants. She likes she's scrappy. She likes to yell. She wants to fight you and, and it's yeah. hard to fight someone who is laying down their arms and just kind of shrugging their shoulders at you. It's making her crazy and we're seeing her unravel because of that. So yeah. Oh my God. This, sh- this could be a whole master's class. Just the Carol Absolutely. Bethany breakup. The personalities. <laughs> I 
Carol it's Bethany it is like not, I'm not about one thing. It's, it's not. not about an event. It's not about somebody kind of slighting the other. It's just they're sick of each other and they're very different. And yeah. maybe yeah. there's something we're not seeing. Maybe there's some backstory we don't know about. But well, it's interesting that Carol is leaving now, and Bethany just recently <coughs> tweeted that you know people don't leave willingly, except for her on the New York yep. Housewives for three <laughs> years. She said, it, it, with the exception of me for three years, no one on the Real Housewives of New York has left willingly, and that it's always easier to tell the truth in a tough situation. So she was yep. obviously referring to Carol. Carol saying she's leaving of her own volition. As we know, Bravo allows the Housewives to make their own statements, and. I heard the Real Housewives of New York producers on Kate Casey's podcast, and they did indeed say they never really want an old housewife back. Although there could be yeah. an exception to that with Jill Zarin coming back as well. I mean, not that she is coming back, but I think they're probably putting feelers out. It just feels that way. Anyway, I think Carol was not renewed or was not going yeah. to be renewed. I think that's definitely what happened, but I think Carol is getting ahead of the story like all housewives do. Now, Bethany calling yeah. her out on that is really interesting. But don't you think Bethany wouldn't have done that had Carol's press release not been so loaded? It was very loaded. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very was... passive aggressive, very loaded, saying she's leaving this experience to go back to what she does best. P.S. What she hasn't done in 20 years. <laughs> And then uh, I'm going to leave leave this experience with a, like a voracious, what did she say? A voracious memory, memory, or which is a like very, that. isn't like, that like a very hungry, greedy yeah, memory? Voracious is, is like in, insatiable. Is this one of those like um, princess bride? You keep saying that word. I don't think that word means what you think it means. Moments. Maybe her ghostwriter wrote it. <laughs> I said it. I, said I love it. her. I do. I love that book. And that's how I first knew about her was from her book. And I had heard tell, and we also know the big fight she had Aviva, with Aviva about the ghostwriter, but yeah. I heard it was true. I, I did hear it was true. So I just thought her statement was very loaded and very passive aggressive. And then she's like, I'm glad to leave the frenemies behind. And I leave uh, with a voracious accuracy. Accuracy. That's, that's right. That's and I was right. like, that man, you don't have to do that. Like, it's so... It was so kind of like hashtag F you Bethany. She has and been then, petty as hell in her blogs all season. I mean, she yeah. really shot herself in the foot. I thought if you really want to make people hate you, keep writing these blogs because people like it when you write one like that. When you write seven, people are just like, shut up already. Exactly. And also, you know what? I, I thought I was surprised that she left or wasn't renewed because I had heard she was really BFFs with Andy Cohen. So I was kind of like, oh, well, she's got a job for life then. But she just hasn't had driven story. She hasn't had a story. Like, no. She yeah. ran the marathon, and that's all we've heard about for, like, the last six months. Yeah, her fight with Bethany was her storyline, and that can't continue yeah. for another season. It's not going to happen. Do yeah, you think Tinsley will follow suit, or do you think Tinsley will be renewed, and they'll just find a different spot for her somehow? I think Tinsley needs the money. You do? So I think, I think she does. I don't think she has as much as she... I mean, I think she'd also be pursuing this guy... What coupon king or whoever the hell he is, um, that Scott Kluth guy. I think she'd be pursuing anybody with money because that's just the way she's made. But I definitely think that she doesn't have as much as she would because she's not pushing any brand. She's not doing anything. Why is she here? Why she's is she not doing anything? I know. Well, she's pushing coupon cabin. She sure is. Yeah. I mean, God damn it! Those commercials are on every single break. 
Every break. They gotta stop putting the housewives in the commercials for like the movies too. I've had it with like now they're in the spy that dumped me. Uh, come on. It's creeping me out. And you know what's yeah. even funnier is when people who like my husband like looks at a commercial like that and he's like, Who the hell are these people? And I'll say housewives and he's like, What the he's like, These are strangers to most people. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Who's I know. Like I think I think they're, you know, celebrities, but they're not. They're actually not celebrities. People don't know who they are. That's the thing, but they act but like they, they're J Lo. But they or do it. They, they do it. Like, yeah, I know. I guess they do it during housewife shows, so I get it. Like you would obviously know, but I'm like, if they were, yeah, spotted on the street by, say, like a dude in his 40s, that they're probably not going to know who they are. No. no. Oh, you know what? I have a question about Dorinda, though. I wanted to ask you yeah. get your thoughts on. Yes. Okay, so Dorinda, after the big fight with Lou, and the next day they're still kind of coming down from it. Dorinda goes, "I was holding back." That was holding back. Oh yeah, my god! Right, and what she also you said, "You're mad." She also said, "I only had one drink." Yes, <laughs> uh, nice try. One drink meaning one pitcher. Then she's on massive drugs. It. That is, she's she's outing her drug problem. If she really only did have one drink, I'm sorry. Why do you think they give her such a wide berth? I don't know. Bethany, who loves to go to toe to toe with anybody, calls everybody's bad behavior out. Every one of them just lets lets it go. Do you think it's because she's so volatile? She must know some shit on them and they're afraid to piss her off because it'll come out because Lord knows everything else does. I think so. I think that I think that there's always housewives like that that are given they're not given better edits. I really don't believe that any the editing has, you know, has a lot to do with people who are so extreme. I think it can do you know, it can do some subtle yeah. things, but when you're extreme, you're extreme regardless. It's not, and when no you say editing those things to your friend who first of all, let's give Luann a hand coming on these trips. Right out of rehab. Seriously, when terrible you know idea. That somebody's also. coming, like they're being met at every gate, every port with drinks and coconuts. I really Give felt for break. her. I would never. I mean, it's that's that was not a good idea. It, it set her up for failure. I don't like that she's going back and doing the cabaret show straight out of rehab again this time. She just put on Instagram how I'm going to make my August fourth date. I'm like, what? That's in a couple of days. Like, our lady, just please go take care of yourself. I mean, your kids are suing you. It's, something's up. Oh like God. something's wrong. I don't Come like on. it. I don't like it. I, don't I like also, it I thought it was very telling when Dorinda leaned into Luann and said, we should just go away for 21 days together. I know. I thought that was because I think she thought that wouldn't be picked up on Mike. Mm-hmm. I know. Because I think she knows deep down she needs it, but they never call her. You usually do. You usually do. But it's very hard for someone else to tell. Nobody can tell you. You have to reach that point yourself. Yeah. So you know what though? I, I really want the cast to make it. I, I think, God, I think the show is really bad for Luann right now. I don't know if she should be on next season, but without Carol, I don't care about Tinsley too much, but I need Sonia there. I need Ramona there. Dorinda, yeah. I want Dorinda to redeem herself. I would love to see Luann get in a really healthy place. I don't know if she can do that in the show. And who are they going to add? I mean, who do we need on this cast next? What kind of ty- archetype? I heard there was a rumor that they were pursuing the wife of some big A-lister. And one of the rumors was that I think an offer went out to Beth Stern, Howard Stern's wife. Oh, my God. That's Carol's friend. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, then would she do it? Because if Carol got fired, would she do it? Oh, my God. Okay. This is very interesting. Beth Stern. That's, that's Carol's her. friend. And, okay. This, oh, this, 
this could be a whole nother conversation, but we don't have time for it today. Maybe we'll do a deep dive offline. You guys listening, come, yeah, come join the pink shade with Aaron Martin, Facebook page and listen to best neighbors podcast, because I'm telling you, Aaron and Margot have all of the dirt. Tell us what you guys dish on over there. Just, you know, I, I know you do all kinds of different things, but just give us a little glimpse of what, what an episode looks like. The way it is, it's very free, it's very free form. And we talk about housewives and, stuff we're watching, but it kind of, the genesis of it was that whenever we would run, we've been neighbors for over 20 years in Brooklyn. And whenever we would run into each other in the hallway, we had similar taste in like pop culture consumption. So it'd be like, what are you watching? What are you reading? What have you seen? And we would just kind of trade picks back and forth. So we thought, wouldn't it be fun if we could do a show where it would just really essentially be us shooting the shit, but also giving recommendations about like, Hey, check this out. You might not be watching 90 day fiance, but get on that quickly and stuff like that. So that's kind of how it started. And sometimes we, we didn't intend to talk about politics. We do a little bit sometimes if it comes up, but it's just all about, you know, TV, film, culture, media, with some new Instagram follows, like any social media pics, things like that. It's a coffee clutch. It's great. I love yes. it. I've been listening to it ever since I found you. And I'm so grateful that you came on here today. Tell people where they can follow you on social media also. Oh, thank you so much. It's the Best Neighbors podcast. You can get it on Stitcher, iTunes, wherever, Google Play, wherever you get your uh, podcast. And we're at Best Neighbors podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. And we also have a Facebook page, Best Neighbors podcast. So search us out and listen, please. That'd be great. Thanks again to Erin Henneke for coming on the podcast today and talking all things housewives with us. Seriously, go check out Best Neighbors Podcast. You'll love it. If you love this one, you'll love that one too. I want you guys to remember to join the Facebook group. I'm always saying it. And even if you hate Facebook, and I will admit to you, I'm not a huge Facebook person either. You will love this group. It's got everything you want to talk about on there. We're talking reality TV. We're talking behind the scenes shit that's going on. We're talking cults when they come up. We're talking true crime. And we're just talking about everything you can't talk about on regular Facebook because all of your relatives and friends from high school will wonder what you're doing with your life. Well, this is what we're doing with our lives. We're watching Bravo, we're watching TLC, and we're chatting about our favorite reality stars. So come on over. Pink Shade with Aaron Martin. Just send me a request and I'll let you write in. Follow me at Aaron Leah Martin on Twitter and Instagram. Go to realitytea.com or pinkshadewitharenmartin.com to find links to all my recaps. And lastly, I want to tell you guys about a special Pink Shade water bottle giveaway. I am doing a little contest and I will be mailing out water bottles to two people every single month who do this. It's easy peasy. Follow me on Instagram at Erin Leah Martin. And if you're already following me there, great. If you're not, just go ahead and do that today and post a picture tagging me at Erin Leah Martin about your favorite reality show and why you love it. Also tag one friend who you know would love the Pink Shade podcast hashtag pink shade and write a little something about what you love about the podcast, why they would love it and get them on board. That's all you need to do. I will be picking two people who do this every single month. Again, you tag me, Erin Leah Martin on Instagram, post a picture of your favorite reality show, tag a friend, tell them what you love about the show, what you love about the podcast, 
Hashtag Pink Shade. Remember to go to patreon.com slash pink shade if you want extra bonus content. I am doing a special Orange County throwback recap this week. It's going to be the Naked Wasted episode, y'all. Yep, it's coming at you on Friday. $5 a month on Patreon or more gets you all back bonus content and two to four extra episodes every single month. And it's a way to support an indie podcast. And I appreciate all of you who are over they're supporting it already. Thanks to our premium sponsors, Tammy Stefani and Carrie Cook. And thank you to everyone who's listening to this podcast. I appreciate you all. Please go over to iTunes and give me a five-star rating and review. A minute of your time means so much to me and it really does help spread the word. All right, guys, until next time, I will see you in reality. <laughs>